It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Six point five percent was it? Is is that what the current odds are of the Stanley Cup? Well, and you, if you look at the round by round progression, the Stanley Cup favorite is uh-huh. the Vancouver Canucks. Like what a time to be alive! I- Talking you through every goalie controversy, scoring slump, and draft lottery bust. This is the C Four Podcast on CanucksHockeyBlog.com. Here they are, the best starting lineup we could afford under the salary cap. Chris, Matt, Anna, and Adam. Welcome to another episode of the C4 Canucks Hockey Podcast, brought to you by the Full Press Coverage Network and CanucksHockeyBlog.com. I am Chris at Lightforce, joined virtually, as always, by the more than wonderful, always awesome Anna Forsyth at A4Scythe03. How you doing, Anna? Good, thanks. More than wonderful. I don't even know what more than wonderful would be, but I appreciate the compliment. It is you. Well, that's lovely. And I love alliteration, so always awesome, Anna. Always awesome, Anna. I'm going to rename you on Discord now to always awesome, Anna. (laughs) See how many people catch on that. Yeah. I mean, just go off the rails as soon as we started. Why not? It's off season. Um. Yeah, I mean, I'm only on four Discord servers, and one of them hasn't even started yet, but trying to explain to people on the non-hockey ones why my profile picture <laughs> is Alex Edler making a face. People are very confused. So I'm like, okay. who is this blonde gentleman? I, I don't know if it's a Discord Nitro perk, so that might be a limiting factor, but I think the ability to have server-based profile pictures now is possible. Oh, but I do like that picture of Alex Adler. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm just, I'm just floating it. I'm not saying you have to change. Yeah, uh, just... I mean, and if you don't know which one, I mean, it's the before and after from the same press conference where he looks delighted and then very disappointed, oh, almost like Kombucha Girl, but Alex Adler. Who's Kombucha Girl? You must know that meme. It's oh. the person that tried kombucha. And it's her, just she's just very viscerally reactive to it. Hmm. I'll have to look it up after we're uh, done recording because I have no idea what you were talking about. No. Anyway. <laughs> Do you know, actually, just sort of as me thinking, 
we got friend of the show, Cam Robinson, joining us. Uh, he'll be talking about the NHL entry draft uh, on, on this episode. And if we think back in time, I want to say it was two years ago, because obviously we have a, a pandemic in between, but you and I were in the hot box and we're talking about like the smallest hot box. Oh yeah. Where, where we recorded some filler around Matt sitting down with Cam. And that was because there really wasn't much else going on. The Vancouver Canucks had been pretty quiet. The NHL playoffs were sort of happening. And someone described our episode on Reddit as fast forward to the point when Cam joins, because the two people were talking about nothing, uh, nothing useful. And uh, I actually replied many apologies that you had to waste your time <laughs> to find out when Cam, and I don't think they re- even considered that me as a host would be in Canucks Reddit. Well, yeah, I mean, it's funny. It's like, that's such a utilitarian thing. Do you have like so little time in your day that you can't like take in some non-useful information? Like a lot of it's non-useful, especially when there's not much else happening. I know. Well, the funny thing was, is they then reply with an apology, right? So you, you said that I apologize to you in a, you could probably read between the lines and suddenly you feel the need to apologize. And I'm sure your regular listeners are used to this, but you know, I'm here for like, I get it. But the thing is, is the commentary of, you know, by telling everyone that what we do is useless is an interesting take when you're then declaring to me, it's not what you're interested in. So why are you telling others who might be that they shouldn't be? There's a whole lot of, lot of that, uh, in, in social media in general about you shouldn't there like is. this or do that. I know. Like what you like. That's what I say. Exactly. As long as you aren't harming anyone with your likes, yeah. um, then go right ahead. But uh, no, we've got uh, Cam Robinson talking uh, about the NHL entry draft. Uh, I sit down with him. Uh, I will tell you right now, and I will tell you again, it was pre-recorded. Uh, Cam is a busy guy. Um, he's joining us. Yeah, he's joined Sakaris and Price, uh, and uh, and he'll be, uh, if you want to listen to him, we probably already are with him. I knew that a couple of weeks ago when I sat down with him, um, but I didn't leak it because we're good podcasters, you and I. We don't leak things unless we don't know it's news. Well, yeah. We, sometimes we, we do, but you know. Yeah, true, true. I mean, but we don't do it maliciously. And I mean, there's a thing about trust. Cancer guy. I don't, like, Matt was the one who first brought him onto the show. And I, I don't know if I really ever heard Cam on the Vancouver Airways all that much, but he was always game to join us. And that was the thing when I reached out to him, it was just tough timing. Um, and, uh, with how busy things would be. Uh, but even then he's like, no, Chris, I'm going to make this happen. I always enjoy joining. Yeah, he's a great guy. And the thing is it's the entry draft. No one's played in the last couple of weeks. So I don't mm. think much has changed. No. I well, mean, there's From, obviously team needs possibly around the expansion draft, but yeah, yeah. that's, you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we got Cam, uh, Cam lined up in a moment. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the Canucks news in the past couple of weeks. The farm team has a name and brand. Uh, we have opinions. Uh, let's see. The expansion draft is going to be happening. Like what? Tomorrow when you listen, when you to, listen to it. Tomorrow or yesterday or today, like again, <laughs> really relative to when you listen, uh, we've got opinions on, on who's been uh, protected by the Vancouver Vancouver who might be available. Uh, we do not have friends of the show sound of hockey to join us this week, but because they are also me, very busy. They're busy too. And 
but they, they're, they're going to be back. We're, we're, I think we're it's building a good relationship here. Um, so we'll, we'll get them on in, uh, in, uh, sometime, probably in August. Um, but all sorts of other, uh, bits and bobs that are going on in, uh, in the NHL and, uh, the C4 text line. It was hot today. We got some text messages. Uh, so all that and more, uh, coming back up on the C4 Canucks hockey podcast brought to you by full press coverage network and Canucks hockey blog.com. You know, I'm going to go with the rundown here as to, uh, the big news. I think any of our listeners do uh, care about as it pertains to the Vancouver Canucks, not draft related entry or expansion. And that is the farm team in Abbotsford. Yep. I mean, I, okay. If you don't know, it's the Abbotsford Canucks. I was trying to think like, do I dance around this or <laughs> does like everyone know? I, I mean, I think everyone knows they put it off a bit, but it's now out in the ether. Mm-hmm. Abbotsford Canucks, Abby Canucks on Twitter. Yeah. The, uh, for some reason though, you didn't follow sort of the announcement. Uh, the Vancouver Canucks had left a, uh, released a press release saying, Hey, on such and such date, we're going to be announcing the brand. And then like the weekend before they're like, actually, we're going to delay that. Not everything's sorted out. And then I think it was a friend of the show, Patrick Johnson, uh, PJ had shared that the delay was actually related to, uh, some like personal issues with those involved. Um, you know, like family, yeah. um, I mean, not talking enough. about quote unquote, the family, not the family, been. but, mm. but like, you know, family related, it would be similar to those who might've known, like I baby force was in the hospital, you know, one night, that type of issue. And I'm not saying that that's a kid thing, which we don't know, but okay, cool. Like not cool, but understandably delayed things. But what was really weird is that when they rescheduled the announcement, they're like, yeah, we're going to share it all on all of our social channels. And then the time came to share it. And it, it didn't get shared. Right. Kind of weird. I, the whole thing was kind of weird um, and botched in various ways. Some is not necessarily their fault and out of their control but it's such a good news story bringing your farm team mm-hmm. more local to your nhl team with all the and in a you know good way because that was always the struggle with utica is that you didn't want to take away team from that great community but mm-hmm. good news story but yeah they did fudge it a little bit in various ways <laughs> Yeah, like, so... Including swinging a miss with that team name. Well, okay, I'm not... So, I've been thinking about this. Like, when I heard it was the Abbotsford Canucks, which was essentially what most people were expecting, um, at first I was like, you know, there were other options available to you, but then I don't really have that much investment as to what the Vancouver Canucks farm team is named. Like, if it's the Canucks, whatever. Because what are we going to refer to the team as? I'm pretty sure you and I will talk about it as baby Canucks. True. And we do say, we did say that about Utica quite a bit, but it's just an annoying thing to say, you know, like, you know, making your AHL debut is still a big deal. That's, you know, your pro debut as a hockey player, but it's just weird to think kind of dilute it a bit by like, Oh yeah, I'm going to be playing my first game um, for the Canucks. Canucks. And then it's like, oh my god, that's amazing! And then it's like, yeah, the Abbotsford Canucks. Yeah. Um, when you have to say which one all the time, it's just gonna be uh, annoying. Well, see, the thing is, 
is you don't have to say which one when you say Canucks. You have to say which one when you actually mean the Abbotsford version. Yeah, I think we'll probably call it, you know, sending them down to Abbey or Abbotsford more than we'll say Canucks, but yeah. <sighs> it's just but- a bit. I will say this is just uh, something I realized too. I know one of the other names in the running was the Aeros, as in A-E-R-O-S, in relation to like the aviation history. Obviously, to me, it just means a chocolate bar. Mm-hmm. But I also realized from hearing people discuss that, that Canadians say arrows and arrows the same. Arrow? Arrow? Yeah. I didn't realize that before. <laughs> Because I was, when people were discussing it, I was thinking, oh, I didn't know bow and arrow arrows was in the mix. That's strange. I wonder what that's about. Is there some medieval thing I don't know about? Is that because of the castle, castle fun park? But now I get it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, it's just a bit of a, eh. So, well, this, the thing that actually sort of had me most confused, not so much the name of the outside Canucks. How is it that the announcement that you make on social media, which is a very simple pre-done video of a logo which you already have access to and Johnny Canuck that you've already used with the big team, how is that delayed because of stuff? I mean, I had some rumors that they were having trouble finding a designer because obviously they have no in-house design team anymore. Okay, but and then but and maybe that's true. Like it's just yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just a bit of a whiff. What's your thoughts on the you know design, the logo, the jersey? Yeah, it's it's the like they're ro- rolling out their St. Patrick's Day one from a few seasons back. <laughs> like, like the only. I mean, okay, I shouldn't say only. I bet you there are other design differences, but the only one that I noticed, not being a designer, is they've put that sort of reverse stylized V that forms the a on the sleeves. Yeah. Which if you think back to our episode with, with Andy, Andy, I'd from sound of hockey, we were talking about how they just invert the VC to an AC and you have Abbotsford connects that it, yeah. it feels simple. Simple is yeah. not always bad, but I just feel like it was. In this yeah. It was definitely case, underwhelming. Right. Yeah. I think we knew that Johnny Canuck was going to feature. Um, in some way, I kind of wouldn't mind of him being on the sleeves and the AC being on the front. But I did like the design in general, um, like the stripes and stuff. Reminded me a bit of the old like Whalers stuff and the Connecticut Whale of the WHL, um, uh-huh. of which is the team I follow. Um, so I kind of liked that design element. But yeah in general didn't blow me away but will i buy some abbots for canucks i won't buy a jazzy i don't think but i'll definitely buy some merch of some sort see i don't know if i'll do that i mean i have i have a utica comments well two utica comments shirts actually but i will treasure those. this is the thing I actually think if it wasn't the abbotsford canucks there was a greater likelihood that i would buy merch yeah i mean i'm definitely gonna buy a piece of merch would it have been more if it was the whole package was more um interesting yeah i would definitely be more engaged so i think we just have to lean into the positive parts of it which is the location um the personnel that's what we got 
But uh, yeah, Abby Canucks uh, are a thing. Ryan Johnson, we already knew was going to be involved. I mean, that that wasn't a, a yeah, secret. I mean. um, and uh, from there, just really all that was released about the branding was here is our jerseys. And uh, unfortunately for the Vancouver Canucks or Outsford Canucks or whichever version of the Canucks you want to suggest was in charge of it, uh, they got beat out by the local WHL team, Vancouver Giants, in a jersey release. I know you're not a big fan of sort of the Giants jersey. No, no, I, I don't mind. It's only the mascot. Oh, I thought it was the jersey. Okay. No, like, I'm terrified of the mascot, but that's I, I oh. like the rest of it. Okay. Well, the Vancouver Giants jersey, because I was going to say, like, I wasn't sure, certain. I actually thought you weren't a big fan of it, but I know there are a lot of people like, wow, that one pops. And then the Portland Winterhawks, um, they have rebranded to some respect. Yeah, um, which is very good. In, and their new <clears throat> new logo and new uh, jersey also popping. Uh, also, like, two WHL teams beat out yeah. the AHL team as far as brand announcements. Mm. Yeah, it's not the best shot. So hope, hopefully onwards and upwards. Just I think it's just another example of the Canucks skeleton staff showing, yeah. right? Things well, slip through the cracks. It, it does. And, and it could be that maybe it was like, we need something. We need to do this. Let's do it. It's path of least resistance. And there's nothing to suggest they don't go and do this for a couple seasons before then. Like maybe another sort of quick rebrand. Uh, but it's like you go to the Abbotsford Canucks website. And even the website is like trying to sell this as like we we I mean, okay, first of all, if if they actually did research and invest in sort of like a brand um investigation, or whatever, blah blah blah. They talk about how uh there's history and it pays homage to our roots and we brought back the logo well, you've always had the logo you're just now mm-hmm. giving it center stage in fact there are people who would have wanted this logo to be center stage on the jersey already for the big team then it talks about the landscape and the colors and everything that we're doing and oh and our fans and we're going to represent our fans because it's everyone wants to be canucks we're all canucks i mean i get all that but it's again it's like it's nothing new you just abbotsforded it yeah also, can I just say, I just took a look at their website. That's very poor sentence structure. They could use some well, semicolons. And then the colors. I guess the colors are are apparently different than the Vancouver Canucks colors. Um, they have field green, Pacific blue, valley fog, Fraser Navy, mountain white. I bet you, if I were to go and look at the colors for the Vancouver Canucks, probably same like uh, hex codes with right. different names. Yeah, because I don't mind the color scheme being the same because that was always oh, no, a, a bug, bugbear of mine when we had Chicago Wolves as a farm team. There was literally nothing about their jersey, not even a small patch on the shoulder that would denote it, that it belonged to the Vancouver Canucks. And especially as during the lockout, I followed them very like closely. It was just mm-hmm. kind of frustrating that there was no link at all. So I liked it when the Comets had a similar. Yeah logos and color scheme so the um but like yeah the website abbotsford.canucks.com is essentially their website right now i think you can get like abbycanucks.com or abbotsfordcanucks.com but that's where it takes you abbotsford.canucks.com so they're hosting hosting it on their their main site fine so be it but it's got absolutely diddly squish yeah you do wonder if they were just worried about buy-in and they wanted the brand recognition but I think that's crazy. When you sell out games like um, the like 
um, Abbotsford um, games when the Chicago Wolves come into town. Like people care about the Canucks farm team. They always have. Mm-hmm. I don't think that was, should be a worry. Well, as far as caring about the team though, um, the interview cycle that fired up the like um, organization, whether it be um, Ryan Johnson, who we already knew uh, Trent call returning Trent to coach the, yeah. the team. Right. Um, Jim was on the radio as well. They're talking about how, you know, it's bringing hockey to the Valley. And I, I actually like that idea. I think Abbotsford uh, and the Valley um, were great hosts when the Abbey heat were here. It was just, it was a miss to have a competitor yeah. farm team. Um, it would have made better sense to have like Florida's farm team here. Yeah. Than, yeah. Than I Calgary's. think we talked about that last episode. It's yeah. true. It just was never going to work. But they've also talked about how the pricing will be accessible to families, which then gives me pause to consider, is this what they're going to market as the family-friendly version of the Vancouver Canucks? Go to Abbotsford to watch a game as opposed to pay the exorbitant price to watch, bring your family down to the big club? Yeah. I mean, I don't mind that. Well, well, if you think about it, though, if you are a family who lives, let's say, in Richmond, like mine does, to drive to Abbotsford, because there, there's no other alternative. Yeah. I have to drive. There's no transit option. I have to drive. It is going to be during the week, a heck of a trip yeah. for me to take my family to that game. Um, let's say, you know, optimistically, I can get there in an hour. <laughs> like, I mean, I mean, that's yeah, not realistic during hour. not rush yeah, hour, but yeah. Right. Go to the game and then that long to get home. Yeah, that's I'm, not I'm, like this is this is the just like I I have no problem with the like the valley and I think this having an opportunity for those to sort of see both but you have to consider that if you're going to go and price your families into the valley and away from the big club that well, is a uh, yes. Uh, yeah, if can that get more expensive with the project on the ice getting worse and the fans out the building for yeah that's going to be a PR disaster <clears throat> in my opinion. Yeah. Well, PR disaster will be amplified when the Abbotsford Canucks start putting sellouts on the board, smaller yeah. barn, but yeah. people in seats, lots of energy compared to potential. Like if the Vancouver Canucks don't show, like, let's say we see a similar season, heaven forbid, a similar season that we saw last year with fans in the stands, I Vancouver mean, crowds tune out. It doesn't matter out. who you are. I mean, the Canucks will be lucky if they tune out. I think they'll get angry is what will happen. Well, that makes things worse, right? Yeah. Is the fans who are angry at vocalizing their displeasure in, in the building. And that will happen. That's, that's not a Vancouver Canucks thing. That's a Vancouver fan thing. Yeah. BC Lions have experienced it. Vancouver Whitecaps have experienced it. Um, Vancouver Canadians, not so much, but I think the Canadians don't. No, Canadians are adorable. But the thing, they market themselves like you're coming to the ballpark for the good time. And, and by the way, there's a sushi race ball game. and a little fun dance. Like, yeah, yeah no, the van- you the can't C- get the angry C's- at seas. It doesn't matter how badly they play. But that's the thing, right? Like, I, I think the seas, they're they got it figured out. Like the Canucks, the Lions, the Whitecaps, they hey, come and watch our team play. The seas do that, but the seas are like, come for the good time. That includes a baseball game. Yeah. I mean, sure. Total experience. But the other teams are trying to compete, like, rightly or wrongly. <laughs> and I'm sure there's listeners here that say, oh, like, yeah, put 2,000 fans into a Canucks game and see what it's like. No doubt. The Seas aren't going to go and sell out BC plays. 
They know that, but like they could have a poor season and people still show up to the net to have a good time. I can't Vancouver wait to Canadians get back. are about the total package. It's the full experience. Yeah. Sushi races, dancing groundskeepers. Yeah. Like it's, and maybe that's baseball. Like I, I don't have enough experience going to more than Vancouver Canadians. I mean, I've been to a few other games, but it's definitely a lot more focused on the action. Yeah. Like it's experience, but there's, there's, there's just, this is an experience there. Anyhow, we, we digress. Um, but yeah, I'm curious what uh, you, our listeners thoughts are on the, the Abbey Canucks. If you haven't done so already, obviously you can talk to us on Twitter, talk to us in discord. Um, are you going to be going to games in Abbey? And if so, how many? Yeah. And I'll admit that I'm coming from a position of ex- like privilege of being in Vancouver and having mm-hmm. Canucks games accessible to me. And thanks to, you know, group pack pricing and not, and no dependence. <laughs> Um, you know, like I am able to go to Canucks games, at least some. Yeah. So um, if you're out in the Valley, this is definitely an exciting moment. Yeah. Other news in the Vancouver uh, Canucks uh, Smelosphere. Um, although the Smelosphere is more like the content creator space, bloggers, Twitter, podcasters. But uh, regardless, uh, what were your thoughts when word got out that Jim uh, was uh, looking to, to wheel and deal prior to the expansion list submission? I mean, I was terrified um, that someone had switched out his Fisher-Price phone for a real one. He somehow got hold of a actual cell phone. Um, yeah, I was definitely worried. I mean, there was, you know, rumors about teams calling about Holtby. Who knows mm-hmm. where that came from, whether it came from Legit Source or Holtby's agents. But uh, I... I think there is legit interest in him. And my only worry with that was, will we get another goalie in time to expose mm-hmm. or are we exposing? <laughs> like Mikey DiPietro doesn't count. We'd have to bring in another goalie and at what cost would that be? Um, but it's definitely exciting that there's interest in Holtby. Um, but yeah, you were just worried what he was going to do. And turns out he did okay. That's the thing. Like I genuinely, when I saw that he like, and, he, and he's on radio, it's like, yeah, we're going to, you know, take a look at what might, we might be able to work out. Lots of teams obviously need to make some, some things happen. Um, some teams are in tough spots and we're going to try to take advantage of that. And it's like, okay, you've not given us a whole lot of proof that that's your wheelhouse, but okay. But, yeah. And then he goes and gets uh, Jason Dickinson out of uh, Dallas for a pick. and. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I will be the first to say I'm not always a fan of him giving up picks because drafting, whether it's been Jim or not, has been an area he has done very well in. Yeah. Obviously, Dickin- Dickinson slots in for decent money for the role he's going to play, and the Vancouver Canucks need a setter replacement. That's it. I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? It's just like that's the right money for the right guy. It's hard to mm-hmm. get super excited about a bottom six forward, but but it's the right guy for the right money. And that's not something Jim does. Yeah. And I know we've talked in discord about, Oh, you know, like maybe he's going to be close to 3 million a year, which is an ideal, but that only worries us because we still have all these Jags on, you know, $6 million contracts on the books. That's mm-hmm. the only reason. But, There's uh, only boards, but I'm excited. He, he, he seems like a good guy. I mean, socially conscious. Um, as part of the group during the bubble that knelt um, with Nat, Matt Doomba mm-hmm. during the anthem. 
Um, thinks about the game a lot. Um, well, watches Vancouver a lot. Stars, stars media are, are lamenting the loss. Like they, they're discussing how he's a good interview, uh, good kid with a good head on his shoulders. Um, you know, gives us like, effort. like this is like, Oh my goodness. So the Vancouver Canucks just got a decent player who fits the role for the right price, uh, which wasn't stupid expensive. Like has, has Jim finally figured this thing out? Yeah. Does he know what a GM now? Although it is hilarious hearing him today saying, oh, we'll see if we can recoup that third round pick. And oh, it's just luck. like, one, good luck. What are you going to give up for that? He's out there saying, hey, Louis Erickson can be had for a third. Yeah. I mean, it's just hilarious. It's like, okay, if you, that third pick round pick was so important to you, don't give it away. I don't see us getting that third round pick back, but it's not yeah, a... You know what, super strong draft like all picks are good picks but yeah i mean if they don't get the pick back eh, i I, i'm not upset yeah right i'm i'm upset that he's giving picks away that's sort of his thing but i'm not upset about this particular pick right in this particular scenario i'm more concerned about what he might do as we go into the free agency but before we get into free agency we've got an expansion draft and an entry draft uh, we're going to talk about the entry draft a little bit later, but let's talk a little bit about the expansion draft now. Yeah. Any surprises with who the Vancouver Canucks left unprotected? Um, I mean, not really. Um, the Maybe if you were to ask me two weeks ago to look at that list a little, but that's because we didn't have Jason Dickinson. Obviously, that mm-hmm. meant that one of the people they're planning on protecting, now we know it's pretty much it was Cole Lind, and they had yeah, to tell his that- agent sorry we've got a new yeah. guy um yeah it's it is what it is um like he didn't want to like not that it matters with tyler myers because seattle weren't gonna take him anyway but that seems like a waste of a spot um but yeah McEwen, we kind of thought he was gonna end up being unprotected he's a great character guy but if he ends up being taken by Seattle. Oh, well, um, obviously Adler decided he wants to go out and test the market, which is interesting because that mm-hmm. seems like it requires effort, which Adler is not a big fan of. So yeah. I don't know, but again, well, not a I mean, huge loss at this point. If you're Adler, sorry, I've been thinking about this. Like I'll come back to expansion list in a moment, but with Adler, his window to win is like barely open. Yeah. And this is just as a career. If he wants to explore the market, it's possible. There's a team out there that has a shot. That's going to take him. It's not the Vancouver Canucks. Anyone who out there thinks the Vancouver Canucks are in their window to win right now is, is fooling themselves. And I'm not talking about, Hey, we're going to make the playoffs. And like the Montreal Canadians proved anything's possible. You're right. The Vancouver Canucks could do that. But if you're Alex Edler, you're not betting. Yeah. I just, the opportunity on that feel like I thought he had already kind of made that decision two years ago that, you know, he wanted to stay as a Canuck, like the team meant more to him than, and I'm not trying to be overly sentimental here. I just thought that he likes playing for the Canucks. Didn't really want to move his family like it here, but you know, good for him. He's the last of the 2011 class if he has one more shot to win a cup more power to alexander well 
But the thing about losing Edler to free agency, if that is the case, which I think anyone who is a Canucks fan has considered as being a possibility, it's not a possibility we've actually realistically considered as happening. I think everyone thought Edler would be coming back, and now the Vancouver Canucks will have to fill his minutes and fill the role he plays in free agency, which ain't good. Jim, Jim and free agency go together like gasoline in a match. And I think it does mean that Nate Schmidt's just going to have to lump it for another year. Cause well, and that's, yeah, that's everything that's happened is apparently there's a whole lot of smoke that Schmidt wants out. Yeah. And no one on the Nate Schmidt side of things is doing anything to extinguish that fire. So, I mean, it seems like yeah. Nate Schmidt's just going to have to deal with it. Yeah. Suck it up. Um, Sorry, kiddo. Is what it is. But back to expansion. So, um, McEwen, Lind, uh, unprotected, um, Holtby is there. Um, apparently, I mean, there isn't, apparently they like him. Like, well, so, so this is the thing I I'm skeptical that the date Holtby unless, and this, so we talked about this with Andy and I, Andy sort of was enrolled in the idea. Maybe they go and they take a player and they flip. And this is the thing which yeah. I think upsets people fans is like, well, wait a minute. If Seattle could have done this, why couldn't Vancouver have? Yeah. Obviously the situation is different. It's post expansion draft. Now you know what you've lost and what your needs will remain to be. But yeah, the hot rumor today was that Seattle is taking like five goaltenders. Yeah. They're going to flip three of them. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if they're taking five goaltenders, I hope he's got to be one of them. Right. I mean, heck they'll take price too. Like price has been left unprotected though. There's sort of concerns about health potentially there. Yes. And I think, Money-wise, though Holtby ain't cheap, he is cheaper than Carey Price. Um, so I I wouldn't be shocked if they took him. They need a veteran, like they need an experienced goaltender, not necessarily veteran. Um, and a lot of there aren't many goalies out there. It's a very dry market. Um, so you know, Holtby could be the making of him. Like, look at Mark Andre Flory. Mm-hmm. So, we'll take him too. Yeah. So possibly, um, the other idea would be that they would take one of Canucks' less desirable contracts and um, take Holtby in a trade if Canucks retained salary. But that's another option. But I don't see Jim wrangling that so if they want to take Holtby I mean great I like Holtby a lot but he, it's fair to say that he hasn't um you know had the renaissance we were hoping for no um, maybe he does in the second season maybe he does it in a contract year yeah and you know his way his contract is his AAV ain't horrible it's not good because of a performance but it's the actual cash money that he's getting paid being yeah. six mil I think I could look it up, but I'm just too lazy. Yeah, but it's over two thirds on the second year, so yeah, I think it's three quarters almost. Um, so yeah, um, that will be interesting. But I see them either taking Lind or Holtby. That would be my guess. Mm-hmm. Most most lists I've seen actually suggest Holtby, 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 Holtby. Sound of hockey. I think they had said Lind. I trust them. Right. I mean, so do I. Um, yeah. I reckon it will. 
if I had to pick one, I'd choose Lynn, but I think they're definitely more interested in Holby than I previously gave them credit. Yeah. And if there is truth to the rumor that Holtby is a desirable commodity on the market, what's not to say that Seattle doesn't actually employ that we're going to take five goaltenders and make deals. Yeah. And we've already got the deals lined up, which would explain why Jim couldn't make the deals because these are teams that are probably willing to go in and deal for Holtby, but Seattle probably is willing to take less than what Jim would have. Yeah. I mean, they have that, that desirable cap space um, to Mm -hmm. weaponize as well, um, which Canucks do not have. Um, Yeah. yeah, I mean, if you were listening to Donnie and Dolly today, um, they're talking about Seattle, maybe taking Nick Butestad and flipping him to the Canucks. So that'd be interesting. I mean, how does that work with the Vancouver Canucks salary cap situation? Good question. They would have to do some deal the, in the Canucks. What are the trade. Canucks going to give up to? Like this is. Yeah, they would. That would have to. I because I can see how the Canucks get out of it with Seattle taking on some salary cap with, but what are they well, giving the, up? They would be giving up. Yeah, like what, if, if I'm Seattle, if I'm Seattle. I'm not necess- I'm not doing the Vancouver Canucks a favor like that. Yeah, no. it would have to be. I think they would have to get a lot. And yeah, yeah. that's scary. Don't give Jim that power. Yeah, exactly. So uh, that terrifies me. <laughs> but I am yeah. excited in general to see what Seattle do on Wednesday in terms of who they pick up, who they end up flipping. And yeah, the first of two drafts this week. Um, it's very exciting. Uh, speaking of drafts uh, this week, uh, the NHL entry draft is the second one. And uh, coming right up next is friend of the show, Cam Robinson. You can find them on Twitter at hockey underscore Robinson. Uh, you can listen to him all this week on Sakaris and Price. He's obviously going to be on all sorts of uh, radio hits, news hits, TV hits, uh, podcast hits, everything. Because Cam Robinson is one of the brightest, uh, you know, prospect uh, minds out there. I'm trying to think of a better way to describe him but uh, he's just awesome people all around uh we'll join cam in a moment you're listening to the c4 canucks hockey podcast on canuckshockeyblog.com and the full press coverage network hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Take hitting out of the game. You can't hit anymore, so don't do it. The unsportsmanlike conduct, I want to get an explanation on No kidding. Because how do you get suspended for unsportsmanlike conduct? Plus interference. There's no interference there. He had the puck. Now, Madison never, ever did that before. Now, why did he do it? That because he was mad. Well, your early favorite for the Calder (laughs) Trophy, that's for sure. Elias Patterson, you might even say your early favorite for the Hart Trophy. (laughs) Just to get back to your question, Elias is going to play plenty. He's going to get a lot of power play time and... Yeah, I'm concerned about our offense. 
We lost 200-point players, and we've got to find a way to score. So I'm pleased to share that uh, we have joined uh, from his extremely, extremely busy schedule. Last minute, of course, because that's how we here at C4 Roll is uh, Cam Robinson, who's the director of film scouting at Elite Prospects, also known as the Lord of Fantasy Hockey. That's right. I would have led with Lord of Fantasy Hockey if, if, if I was you. I mean, I was looking at your Twitter bio, and I can see there's maybe some hierarchy, but Lord of Fantasy Hockey just... It's not bad, That's right? Being the Lord, the the one and only at EP. Yeah, that wasn't that was that was pretty good. That was actually one of the that was the big draw to to pull me officially away from Dauber Hockey Dauber Prospects is that they wanted me and to run the the whole fantasy department. And right now that's a one man job. So I am fully running it as the Lord, yes. As the Lord. Yeah, okay. Yes. Well, I mean, so so yeah. do does that mean instead of saying friend of the show, you're now, you know, Lord of the show? Like I don't know how this we're works. talking. It's lowercase L though, right? Like, you know, oh, like, okay. a, yeah, I'm not a peasant. I'm a Lord. I'm not quite King status or anything yet. We'll wait for that. Okay. We'll wait for that. Yeah. Cool. 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 Yeah, yeah. Um, well, thanks again for, for joining us for our listeners, pulling back the curtain a little bit, uh, sitting down with cam at the start of July, which might be kind of weird. Cause you're going to be listening to this nearer to the end of July, just before, uh, the, uh, NHL entry draft takes place. So I want to qualify that if cam says something, that is completely off the board because, hey, something's happened since we spoke. Blame Chris in the calendar. Don't blame Cam. That sounds good. Just, you know, yeah, yeah. Felt it important to get out there. And all, I mean, everyone here, I think, listens to or listens to you as well. I mean, that you're you're on all the the shows because you were in high demand. But also, you can find on Twitter at hockey underscore Robinson. Um, so all the all the latest will come from Cam there. But uh, why don't we why don't we dive on in? So, um. I'll be the first to admit I'm not the most uh, uh, savvy when it comes to uh, entry and, and or the entry draft and prospects. I follow sort of the professional side and I follow a very specific team. So if it's not van- related to the Vancouver Canucks, I don't know what's happening. Like uh, Montreal is currently up 3-0. Is that it in the Stanley Cup? I mean, uh, something like that. Hey, somebody's up like somewhere. That. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, looking at this draft class, um, there's been some scuttlebutt that it's maybe not been the strongest we've, we've seen as sort of recently. Um, could you speak to why there might be a reason that's the case? Like, is this just more of a sort of an ebb and flow or could it be related to maybe what we've seen over the last couple of years with the pandemic? Yeah. I mean, I don't think this is, this is really intrinsic on the pandemic impacting what the draft looks like. I think that it's been considered, uh, you know, a quote unquote bit of a down year for a while now. There hasn't been, I think number one is that there hasn't been a marquee generational or clear cut number one guy that teams are going to, you know, fall down the the standings to try to get that guy. doesn't, he doesn't live in this class. Um, it's not 1999. Like it's not the Sedin class where there's two hall of famers and then nobody, I mean, Zetterberg went in the seventh or whatever that year, but, um, it's not that kind of class, but it's, it's more 2012, um, Oh six, you know, these years where there's kind of question marks about who's going to go at the top. Is there really a superstar in the mix? So I've been saying to people is, you know, are there going to be good players coming out of this crop? Yeah, absolutely. Is there going to be some stars? Probably a few, a superstar. There's maybe one hidden in there. He's not obvious at this point in time. Um, but, you know, you never know what's going to happen in the next four or five years with player development. So there, there, there might be one of those hiding in there. I don't see a, you know, a Hall of Famer again. You never you never know. But it's it's one of these classes that it's going to take some work to find the really good players, especially outside of the top 10. And because of the pandemic, 
it's going to make it even more challenging because these guys haven't had the opportunity to showcase themselves to the same level that they mm. would normally have. So teams that have invested previously in their scouting departments, in their video scouting, in their analytics, they're going to have an upper hand going into this draft because um, they were more adjusted to what they had to do this season. And that is basically a, a bunch of film scouting. Um, so for me, it hasn't been an adjustment at all. It's just, I keep doing what I'm doing. And, and, you know, some other teams too, you know, Carolina has invested a ton into their video scouting for, for years and years. You know, Darren York is their assistant general manager, former head of amateur scouting. He got hired on there as a video scout 10 years ago, right? So he, he knows the, the lay of the land and he's got his guys rolling properly. Um, you know, the Sabres are only video scouting nowadays, but you know, they've also slashed three quarters of their scouting staff. So I'm not sure if, 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 uh, you know, you, you steal from one to feed the other, if it's all that beneficial, mm-hmm. but the teams that are kind of going to be a little bit behind, I think are the ones that are, they have a bunch of scouts that are hawks in the stands and they're not used to going to and sitting in front of their computer for hours on end and rewind and clip and rewind and clip and, and take notes that way. So it'll be really interesting. We're going to see it though. It's going to be hilarious. It's every year GMs get up there in front of the, in front of the mics and they go, you know, I couldn't believe he was there. We got our guy every round. He was there. That was our guy, right? And you hear it every year, but this year is probably going to be even more so because the disparity between lists is going to be just just astronomical. You know, guys are going to be, you know, guys I have do not draft on my board are going to be like 15 on a team's list. And so it's like one of us is going to be right or closer to being right. And and, and I'm sure it's going to be like that on a team to team basis, too. So it'll be fun to watch. It'll be I think the disparity this year, it's going to be even even more joyous to look back on in five to 10 years and be like, what the hell was this guy going here? Or what the hell was that guy going there? You know, like, how did he fall? So it'll be good. And I think some teams are going to do well and some teams are not. And uh, and that's probably going to shed some light on who's who's providing enough resources into the big picture in scouting. Yeah. Well, I and mean, sorry, a follow up question, which you had, you had already answered was sort of, you know, with this inability to scout in person, could that have impacted the lack of consensus, but sort of an extension of that, um, where do the Vancouver Canucks fall in, in, in your understanding? Are they the Hawk in the stands team? Are they video? Are they a blended approach? Uh, they're a blended approach in the sense that they have, you know, they got Beecher and they've got Aiden and mm-hmm. those guys, they're doing video work. They're doing analytical work there. You know, they've got their fingers in all the pies though too, right? They do some pro scouting, they do amateur scouting. So um, the fact that they have those two guys on staff definitely are helpful because it is definitely a more, it is a smaller group. And it is a, I don't want to say an echo chamber, but it is a group of like-minded scouts going up into management, from my understanding, um, that do prefer to be in the stands. You know, Ronda Lorms, old school. Mm. Um, some of these other guys, they, Todd Harvey just got, you know, officially named head of amateur scouting. He's a guy who was just a regional scout for a few years, you know, former player, obviously, but, you know, didn't have that crossover experience, didn't have that management experience going in. And now he's overseeing the whole process um, with with Wise Broad, you know, kind of above him in that umbrella. So, yeah, I would say that they're closer to that hawk in the stands, maybe a little outdated, but they do have, you know, a couple of really smart people there. Chris Gear also is a smart guy. You know, they've, they've got, they've got, you know, they're all smart guys, but they, they have some, some people that are maybe a little bit more progressive that help them out. So they're not, they're not the Sabres. Um, I can't even think of a team that's like fully going to push back against something like this, maybe Pittsburgh. I'm not sure their scouting staff's all that advanced in, in, in video work and analytics and stuff like that. Maybe I shouldn't say that because I don't know for certain, but um, yeah, they're somewhere in the middle. So we'll, sure. we'll see, we'll see when, 
the ball gets shifted into those guys' hands. So normally, yeah. you know, for someone like Beach, who'd only been with the team for a year last draft, is that they were probably coming knocking on him for advice in the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round, right? They're not going to be really letting him make the top pick. So um, I'm guessing that's probably going to be the case this year as well. But hopefully, you know, if uh, he's been proven his worth there and, and deservedly so, is that maybe he'll get his voice heard a little bit earlier too. Cool. Um, you know, and you'd sort of mentioned as to how when we look at lists, there is quite a bit of variation. Um, but one of the things that we've seen is a lot of people have have Owen Power um, sort of lifted, listed first. But then after Power, it's almost like a, a, a blender, and a washing machine where everything's just being tumbled around. Um, you know, without giving away all your premium content, because obviously uh, uh, we don't want to do that here as much as if you're willing to give, would take it. Um, who do you like sort of within the, the top three and or sort of in that sort of top 10. Yeah. Well, so it's fun because, you know, by the time this comes out, my list will already be published. Um, so if, oh, you're, well, there, there you we know, go. So if you're an EP rink side subscriber, you've already, you've already seen it by this time, but um, you know, I haven't, I haven't hidden the fact that I love Brant Clark. I'm a big, big Brant Clark fan. I think that his, his overall upside, uh, especially offensively, but defensively as well as a two way defender, I think he's got, number one defender upside. Um, you know, the skating could use some cleaning up in, in, a, in a mechanical standpoint, and he's going to need to so he doesn't get crossed up by Connor McDavid flying down the wing on him and guys like that with that kind of speed. Um, but I, I'm a big fan of his because I think he's the smartest kid in the crop. And then the second guy that I'm huge and very, very high on is Mason McTavish. And so, you know, we're recording today on the 5th. Uh, my big McTavish article is going to come out on the 7th. So, again, y'all have been able to chance to read it. Um, another extremely smart player who knows his limitations and uses them to an advantage versus some of these players that can't recognize their own limitations and then just run full bore into trouble. Uh, you know, Simone Edvinson is a player that comes to mind. Luke Hughes does that a little bit. At least he's younger for this crop, so he's got a little more time to kind of develop that. But um, I love these smart players that have the upside. So for me, you know, it's Power's a very good player. He's a very good player, and I've kind of, I haven't given him enough credit throughout the season, I don't think, for his ability to adapt to situations. So, you know, when he was playing for Chicago in the USHL, he wasn't great to start the year, and then bam, by the end of it, he was awesome. Started with Michigan this year, you know, some hiccups naturally as an 18 year old, as a freshman and the NCAA, boom, by the end of the season, he's playing 25 minutes. He's playing awesome uh, at the world championships. You know, he steps in and he's like a little overwhelmed by the competition. By the end of it, he's running that decor and playing 25 minutes. So I think he's going to be a minute munching, really high end defender. You know, maybe he's a number three on a good team. Maybe he's number one if, if things break right. So um, the upside's there. I don't see 50, 60 points coming from him, but that's okay. He's going to be a hell of a stopper. So those three guys are are going to be, you know, in my top three, if we're being honest here, if we're letting the cat out of the bag. So so I, I like those guys a bunch. Cool. Um, you know, and sort of expanding on the fact that we, we've seen quite a mix within the top 10, there's, there's this common thought best player available when you're looking at the top 10, whether it's a positional need, what have you now positional need probably plays into your belief as to who the best player available is. I'll use the Vancouver Canucks, you know, with Elias Peterson, who at that time, I don't think anyone had the Canucks taking, but do you think that this might be the year? Okay. Well, sorry. Cam. Do you not remember the beat? Yeah. <laughs> that thing comes but, up every couple like, of years and I love it. It's just, I called it and it felt good. So I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to, dust my shoulder a little bit here too yeah <laughs> well okay so this is why everyone should be listening there you to go. then right now because i mean 
we're, we're giving the goods, but yeah. if there was ever a year where you were to go and truly address positional need, is this it? Or do we still follow the rules? BPA? Mm, it's a good question for Vancouver. It doesn't matter because they're not in the, they're not in the position to do it. If they were picking five or six or something like that. And so, so realistically this tier <clears throat> goes nine, maybe 10 deep. If you're talking Jesper Volstead, if, if you like the goalie who I think belongs in that group. So let's call it 10. Um, you know, if you're picking a five or six and yeah, you've got a decision to make because there's going to be, there's probably going to be Brant Clark, a right shot defenseman. There's probably going to be a couple center prospects, maybe Maddie Beniers, maybe McTavish. There's going to be a bunch of wingers. So there, there would be that opportunity to be like, okay, within this tier, we see these guys as all similar upside players in their different positions. You know, you got a potential number one goalie mixed in there too. What do we need? And I think that at that point in this draft, you wouldn't be leaving a tier you see them similarly, you could address an uh, organizational need. And so for Vancouver, I think that that would be the right shot defenseman or the center prospect because they're they're void of those in the organization at this point. Uh, picking at nine, <clears throat> you know, say Detroit or the Sharks pick Volstad. Um, and that means that Vancouver has a choice between two players. Then, yeah, maybe they do get an opportunity to be like, do we really need a winger, a slick playmaking winger like Kent Johnson or do we need the defenseman or the center? And I think you look at whichever other one's sitting there. If it comes down to two wingers and whatever, right? You take the best winger that you got there. But I don't think they're really going to have that opportunity this year. But I think in this class in general, a team like Columbus, a team like Detroit, they're going to have that opportunity to make that call. And I don't think it's it's outrageous to do so in this in this draft because of the talent and be, just because of the tiers, how they break up too. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, thinking about the, the Vancouver Canucks, I mean, there's been some discussion that, they might be willing to entertain phone calls as to their pick uh, more so than, than years past. Um, do you think there is an opportunity to, to potentially trade down and, and get something in return? Or is this more of the Vancouver Canucks hoping for the phone to ring because a team has someone they want in the moment? I mean, Benning's already come out and said that they like nine guys in this group. And I'm assuming that doesn't include Wallstad. Um, so for them, they would have to, it would have to be a, a worthy enough package to move out of that tier and into the next grouping of guys, which is like you said, it's a blender for sure. Once you get outside of the top mm-hmm. 10, like you, there's going to be some guy ranked 11 on someone's board that, you know, lots of teams are going to have in the twenties or thirties. So um, if they really like a guy, um, and they're like, you know, we can slide back to 15 and we can get Fyodor Svechkov, another center prospect with two-way ability. Um, you know, we could swing on a kid like Cole Sillinger, who's got goal scoring, nasty upside sort of thing, uh, and get ourselves a pick in the 40s and maybe another one in the top 120, you know. Uh, I don't know if they will. I know for a fact that they've had opportunities in years past of the draft to slide back spots for serious offers. And they, it would have worked out very, very well for them. And they chose not to do it um, despite having those opportunities. And so, yeah, maybe they've learned their lesson. Maybe they are now valuing like, Hey, let's get more darts at the board to give to Aiden and beach and all these guys that, that have done the work. Uh, I'm dubious. I'm dubious. I would probably be more likely to believe that they are dangling number nine to go get themselves a 25 year old win now forward or defenseman that can help them right now, despite their situation and where they're currently at. That would be more believable to me, not the move I would be making. Um, but that's, well, and I was actually going to be my follow-up question to that. If you were in charge of the Canucks as of now, would you be the one to go for the win now, or would you go for that ninth pick? And I mean, I th- I think that the 
it's tough because you see what's happening with your core, right? Like Horvath, mm-hmm. he's already a hundred, right? Like it seems like yesterday they just drafted him, but but he's 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 basically out of his his early prime. Um, you know, yeah. uh, Besser's not too far behind. PD and Quinn are going to need those huge contract extensions. So the time to win would have been, you'd think now would be the time to be loading up, but they've just fumbled the ball so much the last five, six years and, and just handcuffed themselves with terrible cap hits and moved draft picks for anything and everything and prospects. And so they're not in a position to succeed right now. You know, the whole yeah. win and get in and who knows what can happen theory is is great and, you know, as a theory. But then you look at the Habs, they had a fun run and their fans got to celebrate some stuff and they're going to sell some merch. But at the end of the day, they're getting outclassed by a team that built the it was built properly. Um, so for me, I'm keeping the pick. You know, if someone wants to dangle a, a really impactful 21 year old who's still on an entry level contract and fills a positional need, like, you know, they want Ken Johnson and, you know, Arizona wants to give you Victor Soderstrom. Yeah, I got time for that. Um, you know, Sam Reinhardt for number nine, you know, I like Sam Reinhardt. I think he's a good player, but he's going to want an extension. He's going to cost you a lot of money and he's going to fit on your second line and put up 55, 60 points. It's a, that's cool, but that's not enough to put you over the, over the edge. So, um, no, I'm, I'm keeping the pick unless it's, a, it makes sense long-term. Yeah. Uh, couple of final questions is sort of as we wrap up the Seattle Kraken and we're going to start talking about because we know some of our listeners are are either converted Kraken fans who are Canucks fans changing to the Kraken or uh, potentially have been tuning in more as we've talked about them uh, they're in the advantageous spot of being near the top of the uh, the board as far as their picks are concerned do you believe they go out and get themselves their franchise draft pick or might they go and use this pick as a mechanism to build a win sooner team similar to sort of what Las Vegas was able to do, but Seattle is obviously not going to be able to do the same way because GMs are a little bit more uh, eyes open to what goes on. Yeah. I, I, you know, for Vegas, they, they picked six and 11 and 17 or whatever in their first year, right. Getting glass Suzuki and Brandstrom. Um, and then using those players once it turned out that, Hey, this, this bunch of misfits, the, you know, the, the, the lost toys or whatever, they came together and they were looking real. It's like, okay, let's move Nick Suzuki. Let's go get ourselves Max Pacioretty. In hindsight, they probably should have moved Cody Glass. Um, you know, let's move Eric Brandstrom for Mark Stone. Like these are the type of deals that you shouldn't happen, but you know, they got themselves these premier players to attach to them. For Seattle, <clears throat> you keep this pick. You keep the okay. pick. Maybe you see, maybe you end up getting another first rounder in that top 20. And it's then, then you find out, Hey, our team's pretty good. And then you start moving those guys out. If you think you have a chance to be a quick winner. And then, you know, if you're a quick winner, look at Vegas, right? Like they've just inspired mm-hmm. this new, this rabid fan base. And, and so Seattle, I'm sure would like to do that too. Unlikely they're going to follow that same path. So no, you, you take the pick, you take who's, who's sitting there. Um, you know, if I'm them, I'm hoping it's Owen power. Because, you know, there's yeah. a franchise defenseman, hopefully, that you can kind of build around. And and maybe you're pulling a guy like Brent Burns out of San Jose in the expansion draft that can kind of mentor him a little bit. Uh, so, you know, but at the same time, you just, you're going to take the guy who's best available sitting there at number two. And you're probably not going to get too crazy. Gotcha. Cool. Well, again, thanks for, for taking time to your schedule to, to join us, Cam. Uh, what might you want our listeners to know uh, before we let you go? Yeah, follow along, hockey underscore Robinson on Twitter there, like you're saying, go get that subscription to EP Ringside. You know, we just, uh, a couple days ago, we just passed 10,000 subscriptions, which is awesome. You know, when I first came on board uh, two years ago, we were at 2,000 subs. So, you know, we're, we're growing quickly. The content we're putting out is is awesome. Um, you know, we usually have some coupons running too to get you a month or three free as well. If you sign up for a year, it's 
all the draft stuff you want, all the Lord of Fantasy hockey stuff you need. We do all the NHL goods. So it's, uh, you know, I'm completely unbiased, obviously, but um, I think it rivals the best content <laughs> on the internet for sure. So, and you get all the extra stats on elite prospects and who doesn't yeah. want that stuff too, right? True that, true that. Well, thanks again, Cam, for joining us. We'll take ourselves a short break. You're listening to the C4 Canucks Hockey Podcast and CanucksHockeyBlog.com and the Full Press Coverage Network. Thanks again to Cam for joining me. And again, apologies for the third time or fourth time uh, for, uh, you know, having this pre-recorded bit. Eh, some things have changed. Ultimately, didn't really include first round draft picks um, based on what we were talking about. But uh, Anna, any thoughts on what to Cam shared? Yeah, um, I think it's really interesting as always. And as always, I get caught up in you know cam's picks he makes me fall in love with a prospect that i know we're not gonna end up getting <laughs> so I, yeah. I, i've been reading cam and other people's stuff on brian clark for a little bit and i don't think he's going to be available at nine mm -hmm. but i think that would be great positional um and best player available kind of coalescence there but yeah. we'll see i mean as cam says like it's kind of a mixture so unless Owen Power is available still. Like you, oh. you kind of have equal chance, okay, if, but if, you really hope that Canucks do prioritize. You know, if they ha they have two guys of it still available to nine that they like, if it's not a center or a defenseman, like think twice, maybe. Uh, the one thing that actually struck me because I asked Cam, knowing that. This might be a possibility. Do the Canucks put that pick into the market? And leading up, so since we had sat down and chatted with them to now, there's been some smoke that the Canucks are entertaining phone calls over number nine. And based on the, the scuttlebutt, it's not with the Vancouver Canucks looking to trade up. It's them looking to potentially trade down, which gives me thought that they have a person in mind who they don't feel the club's close to them value is, is much. And when I asked Cam, you know, sort of like, Hey, would you do this? I mean, he obviously said, well, it depends on the situation, but you know, between the lines, no, like it would have to be a heck of an offer. What if they want that third round pick back? Is that how they get yeah, it? Maybe, maybe, you know what? That's totally it. We want our third round pick. The Vancouver Canucks trade their ninth overall to so-and-so for whatever, Just 14 and a third round pick. pick. Oh, man. Anna, you are releasing the darkest timeline on us, and we haven't even got there yet. Yeah. I mean, I guess you kind of, you just have to wait until it comes up. Like if your guy is still available, cause I don't see how they have a guy in mind that they think's going to be still available past 10. Like how mm -hmm. do they predict that? I think you really have to be well, in, in on the inner workings of like the draft list is so different. Like Cam was saying that he had, well, yeah. you know, like he's sure that he has people on do not draft that people have in their top 20, like or top 15. So, well, there are players who are on D and D's well, and probably players who are being added to them. And if there's one thing that I, I will always generally give the Vancouver Canucks the benefit of the doubt with is their D and D list is generally a good one. And that's just sort of organizationally. It's a brand that's really not big on problems. 
Yeah, I mean, they do still have a problem on their roster. They do, and but I'm thinking they're hoping that that problem will find a way to resolve itself and disappear, as in that contract gets ended for reasons. Yeah, for my thoughts, and I won't dwell on this, if I was the Canucks, as soon as that buyout window was open... Which well, was open. Yeah, as soon as it was opened, like which was 11 p.m. on a Thursday night, 11.01, make that phone call because he should not be welcome. That's my well, thoughts. But So on a business you know, perspective, that possibility exists from now for yeah, I agree. through to the end of the month. And if there is a chance that that contract could be considered void and therefore you no longer have to pay Jake yep. to go away. I think from a business perspective, I completely understand what you're saying. I'm just saying yeah, from I, an optics perspective. Oh yeah. That would have been a optics. better move. Oh yeah. Optics is that, that you just, but yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah. And that's, that's, I think I, I feel that the Vancouver Canucks, and I mean, if you're listening to the show and you're like, no, Jake deserves uh, to be, um, considered innocent until proven guilty. That's court. Yeah, exactly. I like, totally agree that in the legal system, that's how it should work. And that's like how it does facts, work. Like, I mean, just based on what has been shared, there is acknowledgement that something took place and that it's simply a different recollection. I'm sorry. If the recollection is so significantly different between uh, the victim yeah. and the person uh, in, in this particular case, Jake, the, the accused uh, or alleged offender. Yeah. I believe the victim. Yeah. I mean, it's, I've said this before, but consent is a pretty low bar. Hold out for enthusiasm. Like we're not going to relitigate this and, um, well, and it's not, saying it's not even relitigate. It hasn't been litigated. No, true. That, that's not us. But just to say that like, it is very, very, very difficult to get any sort of sexual assault convictions and, I don't think I don't necessarily think that it's the case that we'll get one here, but we'll say like I mean, think back to the Brendan Leipzig situation. Did he oh, do anything? We don't know, but not that's not what was the issue. Who's an NHL player anymore? Not him. Exactly. Right. So like there's uh, I think it's yeah, it's a lot to do with the kind of player you want on your team and, and not I, necessarily whether he will be convicted of a crime, yeah. which we, I agree. We don't know. Yeah. But, uh, not to sort of derail our, our, our conversation as it pertains to the, the NHL entry draft. Um, we got a couple, uh, text messages into the C4 text line, uh, 604-200-6201, uh, about the entry draft. And I thought, uh, we could read them out before we, you, you and I share who we, we think the Canucks are, are going to take. Uh, first one comes in from Jay. And again, it's important. Sign your texts. If you don't sign them, we can't give you credit. If you don't sign them, we might not read them either. It depends on the content, but if you at least put your name and then we're, we're willing to to do our part. So what does Jay say? He says with the ninth pick, the connect should take whichever one of the top nine prospects, not named Wallstad drops goalies are voodoo and like running backs where he puts RBs in football. Don't draft them in the first round. Never draft them in the top 10. P.S. light force is a phenomenal lunch date, but he demands you come to him. Yeah. That's from Jay. 
Yeah, we've already had our talk about this on Iota. I'm just me yeah, being, being jealous that patrons, I have yet to have a lunch date. About this. Anyway, yeah, I mean, I agree. Don't take a goalie that high. If I don't, I wouldn't say never. <laughs> I believe there are exceptions, but I don't think this year would yeah. be the year to make an exception. So, uh, looking at m- many lists, the only goaltender that is there is the one named Walstead. <laughs> So I'm kind of thinking Jay's suggesting something very clearly yep. about which, goaltenders. Which I, I don't think he's far off on that. No. Uh, the other text message we got uh, which was from Rich McPizza Hater. That's an inside joke for those of you who are in Discord. Uh, but Rich is a known hater of the McPizza, which was one of the greatest inventions that McDonald's has taken away from us and should bring back. I'm Switzerland on this. I have never seen. You never. Yeah, I know. You didn't get pizza. to try a McPizza. It's glorious. It's, it's the greatest pizza. Memory might be, you know, mm-hmm. leading me astray this here. This is like the money ducks all over again. It's not actually good for uh, you guys. But Rich, Rich text in, I think the Canucks take the best available defenseman or... Mason McTavish. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think a couple of people, including Cam, are pretty high on Mason McTavish, so wouldn't mind that pick either. I mean, he sounds like not a real person. That Mason McTavish. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that sounds like a cartoon name, but you know, mm. I like it. I wouldn't mind yeah. that pick. Yeah, I'm so I'm conflicted. I'll be very honest. I'm of the opinion that the Vancouver Canucks look to fill uh, their pick by picking a center. Like, you know, whether it be Mason McTavish um, or uh, Ken Johnson. But uh, um, I'm then thinking like, no, like centers are great to have, especially ones that become NHL players, especially if they're first round picks who perform to being a first round pick. But the Vancouver Canucks blue line's hurting. And I'm thinking that, you know, maybe it is best defenseman available. Yeah. I mean, that's a decent uh, crop of defensemen. So, um, but if like Matty Bernier or Bet Matty Beniers, I just said his name, like as if he was French, um, Matty Beniers is available or Mason McTavish and you're not getting like Owen power. Or Brent Clark, then I'd be happier to sway towards those guys. Well, I don't see Owen Power or Brent Clark no. being available. No, they do I, neither do I. I'm just saying, right. like no, no, I know you're not. It's just that like that's where I start to like wonder. I'm like, no, I don't I feel that the defensive, you know um gravitas just isn't there for you know, there's a bigger gap and I feel that, you know, centers are sort of the, the route to go. And I mean, hey, you know, eh, We've got, I mean, Luke, do you take Luke Hughes if he's available? Sure. Like, I mean, that, this thing is like now like, he might be a phenomenal defenseman, but I think you're taking Luke Hughes more out of a brand experiment than an actual, I'm taking him because he's the BPA. Yeah. I don't know if any of the players we mentioned are still available and they take Luke Hughes over them. I'm not going to say I'll be displeased, but. Yeah, I Luke Hughes is a okay, great if Luke, player. If, if Luke Hughes is available, I think the Canucks take him. There's too much going for the team. 
to not take him unless like Luke Hughes and Brent Clark are available. Right. right. Like, That's the thing. I think at that point, what we, what is, will be realistically available and Luke Hughes is possibly going to be available at that point. Mm-hmm. I don't think you're taking that much of a risk. No. I mean, who knows? We're saying all this right now, and it could be that we're talking about the Vancouver Canucks uh, picking number 19 because they traded the ninth overall to get the third round pick back, as you alluded to earlier. Man, that is so dark, Anna. (laughs) Sorry. I'm not cynical. I'm just realistic, right? That's, again, something we talked about on on IOTA. If you want to be a part of this IOTA tough we're talking about, instead of the anthems, our YouTube pre-show exclusively available to our patrons uh, supporting the show is nothing uh, more than just a buck a month or more to depend on what level access you want to get different tiers. It's patreon.com slash C4 podcast. But uh, let's talk about uh, what else is going on. Obviously, the NHL draft is going to happen. Uh, we'll come back in a couple of weeks' time, talk about the results. We're trying to line up someone to, to also uh, give their perspective uh, post-draft, so stay tuned. Uh, but I think the big news, and this this is the big news that happened today, and I was actually excited. I woke up this morning, I saw it, and I was like, this is awesome. Uh, Luke Brokaw, who is a uh, prospect with the, the National Predators, uh, shared a statement today stating that he is gay. And first of all, that's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Great. I wish we were in a day and age where you don't have to make a statement because it's simply accepted. But the point is he's empowering so many totally who might, might, might be looking for someone to connect with and, and to, to not necessarily, and I'm not going to say encourage them to, to share their own story because it's their story. Right. So their story to share when they feel comfortable in doing so. But, but also to see the reaction yeah. around the league. Because at this point, we're at the stage where representation matters. And mm-hmm. if you can't see it, you can't be it. There's some kid that will, who is thinking, oh, is there a place for me in hockey? And they see, see what Luke said and all the reaction to it. And they say, oh, okay, maybe there is. Um, it is interesting that obviously there's no active NHL player who is out. And the numbers would suggest that there are. <laughs> Um, LGBT players out there, but you know, we when we spoke to um, Brock Brock Milas and and sort of talked about this, you know, the culture of hockey still has quite a distance to go, um, and it's more than just players. Like this is the thing that actually I found interesting. For the most part, the reaction around the league from many players is like, "This is great." Yeah. We're supportive of him. I mean, the Predators organization, I think, and I mean, I can't say I, I look at them closely. I'm a Canucks fan, very biased thing, a Canucks fan. They are a good organization who does good things, but I would defer to someone who watches them more closely than I to tell me if I'm wrong. But there are also those who will say one thing, but not realize that that's performative Yeah, in, in not realize that what they say and actually do by action sends an entirely different message. And I feel the league is still in that place. Yeah. I mean, the league has to realize that we support is an active verb. And that isn't tweeting that you support the LGBT community, that you support Luke. That's not what supporting is. It's not giving your money to anti-LGBT movements, such as Which those a number of teams do Chick-fil-A. to a chicken yeah. restaurant. 
Um, I, was gonna, I wasn't going to give them their name. Okay, fair today, enough. Like I, no, you did. I mean, that's fine. It, they, people should know. Um, yeah. It's a chicken restaurant. You can get far better chicken from far better places. Yeah, and it tastes better when it's not laced with <laughs> hate. Um, but that's just one thing. It needs to be an active thing of, you know, investing in changing the culture. So, I mean, this kid plays for the Calgary Hitmen. I think he'll play for the Calgary Hitmen for another season before he ends up in Nashville. So the NHL has some work to do to make the league a safe space for him and other people like him by the time he gets here, because it looks like his team has done that already. But yeah. that's just a small you know, sample, right? Yeah. And a statement that Luke shared, he said, hockey is for everyone. And that is so true. It is for everyone. And the more that people understand that everyone is not an exclusive word. Yeah. Everyone is inclusive. Culture needs to be inclusive. And therefore, everyone does not apply when it's exclusive, the moment that that change starts to occur, the product that we watch will be better for it. Yeah. Like I, I mean, I just look at like, you would sort of raise the, the percentages before is like, you know, odds are is that there is a professional NHL player who has not reached that point where they feel comfortable sharing their sexuality. Right. There are a lot of reasons why they have not yet felt comfortable. It is their story. They're up to them as to whether or not they wish to share it. Maybe they are comfortable enough. They've chosen not to. That's all that, that part of them. But the thing is, is there's also odds to suggest there are phenomenal hockey players who we know nothing about yeah. because the environment is not inclusive to allow for them to be comfortable with their sexuality and who they are. And it might not even be sexuality. It's just, they're not comfortable with who they are in a sport they might love or may have loved or want to love and be part of and be that next Wayne Gretzky on the ice. Yeah. And as a result, we as fans, we have lost out. Like we lose the exclusivity is a loss for us and it's all of us. And I, I just think people need to realize this. Yeah. And I think you said it best when you said that, you know, inclusivity is, a, you know, a thing that you must strive for. You can't just say that we accept everyone. It means not excluding anyone. And that's a thing that you actually have to try and do. It's not a thing you do just by believing that everyone's equal. It's creating a space where that is actually true. Yeah. The, the sad part is, is that there are probably some out there that would hear that statement that exclusivity requires us to include and, and create a, a, a clearing for those to belong who would then say, Oh, well, what you were talking about earlier about Jake Vertan and is not ex- inclusivity. Is it? Well, so what you're saying is that, Oh, okay. So we need to include hate. <laughs> no, that's, and that's wrong. There are exclusions. And I would say the inclusivity is not people kind of the NHL's kind of image that projects towards attitudes to women it's not a positive one right now so that's part of the inclusivity work that they have to do yeah well i mean that's i I, there's so much that i would love for us to tackle there are so many different topics and maybe that's something we do um you know i 
I think about the experience like the broads have had just in our own market, yeah. but even beyond that. And it's like constant. I mean, I imagine you yourself probably experience it and I can't ever relate. Right. I don't. I mean, don't. I do get some of it, but I think it's a pretty small percentage um, based on just a bigger brand the broads have and the fact that their brand is, you know, the fact that they are women talking about hockey, yeah. like that is their brand. Yeah. But it's definitely a, th- um, a thing. I think hockey is just being held back. It's a, it's the smallest of the big sports in North America. Well, and there's and a reason for that. it will continue to be that way. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, it's NBA. Yeah. I think NBA and NHL, they used to be on very parallel paths, but the NBA has taken off. And one might argue, oh, well, it's the sport. Okay. You know, it might be, but the sport is just not the 5v5 that are on the court or 5v5 or 6v6 on the ice, depending on how you call the defender. <laughs> but the goalies point don't is count. Goalies are voodoo. There's more that the NBA uh, like speaks for and empowers than the NHL ever has. And I think there's money that is m- made. It, it's business. When you're inclusive and you allow for people to support you regardless of their ethnicity, gender, sexuality. Again, you're an inclusively and you empower your players to be inclusive while at the same time speaking loudly about social issues. Yeah. There's, there's, there's money, there's business there. Yeah. I mean, just think about like the superstar that PK Subban could have, should have been. I mean, there's a player a very good player who's active in his community donates to charity and is outspoken about social issues and the NHL labeled him a problem. Well, and that happens I mean, it, like over and over again, there's like a team where you can't even have a beard. Like it's just so backward. And, and we haven't even touched on everything going on with the Chicago Blackhawks. Right. Which, yes, Which, we probably will over the off season once the yeah. drafts, various drafts come down. But yeah. yeah. Anyway, this is going to be a long episode as is. So mm-hmm. we'll kind of pull back there. Yep. But. We will. I think things that we need to talk about, we will talk about. And hopefully you as our listener continue to, to tune in. Challenge us. Sure. I mean, we're not. Anna and I aren't telling you that we're right. We're, we're quite frankly sharing what we feel is a very important point to raise the opinions that we have. But I think that people who were to, you know, sit back and listen to what we're saying will potentially see that much of what we suggest is the better path to be on. We're not the only ones. Yeah. Well, this episode got a little heavy at the end. Yeah, but I mean, geez, there was a lot to cover. Mm-hmm. This is the problem of it going every two weeks. It's like feast or famine. Like we'll go a couple of weeks where we can kick it back with Andy Ide, who is a great interview. We're gonna have to get Andy back on. The yeah, show. it's fun. Um, where we're just having a good time. There isn't a whole lot to talk about the Vancouver Canucks, and then we have a week like an episode like this where there's a ton that happened in two weeks. And in two weeks' time, there'll be another. Like we'll have the expansion team. We'll be a team, an actual team in Seattle with a full set of players, not just a. I think they have what two signed right now. I don't um, even know who the second person is. So, so well, that's the thing. Like we'll have a, an actual team in Seattle who will have a roster. There will have been trades. 
that's going to happen. There will have been an entry draft. Um, I'm trying to think timeline is free agency going to happen before we record our next show. Good question. I, um, all the dates are pinned in, uh, yeah. in C4 discord. Um, so how that came to be the Vancouver, well, not Vancouver, the, 28th. the NHL. The, so yes. Yeah. So I mean, look at that. My goodness. This is crazy. We're going to go two weeks and all this is happening. Yeah. It's a summer. We have opinions. We might have guests. All I know is we're going to have a good time. You and I mm-hmm. speaking of good times. Uh, if you want to be part of this good time, again, drop us a text message, leave us a voicemail, 604-200-6201. That's 604-200-6201. Uh, if you drop a text message, sign it. If you leave a voicemail, say who you are. Heck, promo yourself or do what I told Andy. Promo leave anything. a voicemail advertising yourself. <laughs> I mean, within reason, we'll probably include it. Um but uh, yeah, be part of our show. I mean, that's something that we we want to involve is uh, our listeners more and more. And as you'll see, as sort of things begin to open up, we will have live shows. And we're not talking just virtual. We're talking actual show up live. Ann and I there heckle from the cheap seats. Yeah. They are cheap. You don't have to pay. You just sit down. You might have to order a beverage. Yeah, but you would do that anyway. That's like good etiquette. Uh, discord be part of the conversation there discord.io slash c4 podcast gate 16 is always hopping yeah lots of opinions um i'm trying to think if i came down since the last episode might have been but just we're adults for the most part let's act like adults it's an i you're more than willing to have uh, welcome to have your opinion as long as you acknowledge that it is your opinion just because someone else may disagree with you doesn't mean you are wrong, nor does it mean they are right. Focus on the royal you, which is me. Yeah. And at the end of the day, Anna and I rule. Yeah. What we say goes. But, you know, we always say that's a nicer version, version of Canucks Twitter. So let's keep it like that. Well, and I think, that, you know, quite frankly, what makes it nicer is Anna and I will step in, intervene, and settle stuff. Whereas, Ain't nothing happening in Canucks yeah. Twitter. We do not have that power. No. Oh, but yeah, we'll be back in two weeks time. We have another episode of author rails for our patrons, uh, going live uh, next week. Um, this week's episode, it released like a day or two ago because I forgot to do it before I went away. (laughs) Sorry. It was, I realized when I was at the in-laws and I'm like, well, I did not bring the equipment and I could try to do it on my iPad or I could do it when I get home and I elected to do it when I got home. So yeah, bumper episode coming out today. Plus if you're a patron, you get off the rails. So a lot of C4 this week. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, if you want to find out more about Patreon, it's patreon.com slash C4 podcast. But Anna, what final uh, words of wisdom do you have for all of our, our listeners this week? Well, the... You know, the sea creature will be emerging from the depths of south of the border with its grimy little tentacles. Um, so, you know, it should be a no-lose situation for Canucks. So let's see how Jim manages to lose it for us. Oh, man, because you're bringing to the darkest timeline. Uh, when Seattle goes and offer sheets PD, <laughs> we'll all be sorry. That's way worse than my third round trade thing. 
everything's going to happen and it's all going to be bad. Oh, Hey, uh, my final words of wisdom. If you want to cheer for the Kraken and you want to cheer for the Canucks, or you just want to cheer for anyone, guess what? You get to make that choice. Make it have fun. You're all good in our books. Yeah. As long as you like the C4 podcast. And even if you don't like us, you know, you really do. You're listening at this point. Like what you like. That's what I said. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, but on behalf of Anna at A4SA03, myself, Chris at Lightforce, you can find us at CanucksHockeyBlog.com or our new website, which if anyone out there has design chops and wants to help us out, C4Podcast.com. Uh, I have none. I'm using a WordPress sort of template and it's not really working to my liking. Uh, reach out to us, but uh, yeah, you're also found on the full press coverage network. By the way, we're out.